Welcome to the SJ Child Show. Thank you for all your continued support. You can find us at sjchilds.org. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the SJ Child Show. Today, my guest is Kirsten Fowler. And Kirsten, I finally got to get together after a couple failed attempts. Um, And it's so nice to have you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. But before we begin, I want to ask you a question. What can you say is the most important thing you've learned on the journey that you're on now? Honestly, I would say, well, there's a couple things. First of all, I've learned not to judge others. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there has come a lot of understanding uh, in being a special needs mom, where when I see others, I'm just like, nope, I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, I just show love and compassion and help where I can. And then the other thing that I would say is that you can have joy along the journey. Um, It might look different than other people, but there's happiness in the hard times. I love that you said that too. And how funny that sometimes, well, all the time, rather, our lives align in these patterns that sometimes we don't see until we're in them or out of them. And just last week, I um, interviewed ladies that did um, a book, co-wrote a book, Leading with Joy. And how even as, and it's funny because both of them hadn't had, weren't parents. And I am like, full parent talk all the time, you know, always talking about stuff. And so it was so interesting though, how much business and parenting really coexist almost. There's Mm. a lot to be um, said with leadership and example roles and things like that, that are the same for parenting. And so I just think it's funny now that you had said, you know, finding joy in those hard times. And one thing that they had said was, really stepping back into your own center yourself. Like you said, once, once you don't judge others or, you know, you don't have, you have so much on your own plate. You don't have time to think about what the neighbors are doing. Heaven's sakes. And, um, bless their hearts that they even talk to you because you get out of the house once in a while. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Good neighbors (laughs) out there. Um, but it is so important that we, find those times of joy so that we can, you know, settle in those moments and realize, okay, things might be hard right now, but I have all of these other things to be grateful for. Or wow, today was really hard, but there was this one moment where I was at the store and someone, they smiled instead of, you know, grumbled at me when my child had a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. Small things. So tell us about yourself and your story and um, yeah. Introduction about that. All right. So I, uh, I live in Utah with my husband and four kids and um, my oldest child is Millie and she does not have fragile X or any special needs. And then I have the three youngest who all have fragile X syndrome. Um, my son is also diagnosed with autism. So um, they're very similar. Um, you know, they have behavioral is- behavioral issues and dif- learning disabilities and things like that. So it's an adventure, but um, mm-hmm. 
I, uh, in my book that I just wrote, Family, Faith, and Fragile X, I talk about my journey about learning that I am a carrier of this genetic, you know, disability, and then my journey through telling my husband and um, coping with um, learning about the diagnoses. And, um, you know, I touch on a lot of different things in my book, just to show other people what it's like in a parent's life, you know, raising special needs kids and the hard things and the good things. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a lot of fun together. I absolutely adore my kids. We have our tough times, (laughs) but um, overall, we just take it one day at a time and, you know, see where it leads us. So um, that's kind of us in a nutshell. (laughs) I love that. It's so important too, that we, um, can show these anecdotal experiences. I think there's so much value to learn from them Mm -hmm. for so many families that struggle with making a connection, feeling isolated, that they're going through this alone, not understanding that it's more, uh, or less commonly known, you know, and, and spoken about, um, that's why, you know, we're here today is to shine more light on important things and, um, children that have to go through these types of challenges need support from more than just their family. They need support in their community. And, you know, that's what we need to educate them for so that they can start to offer that. Yeah. Oh, I, the community and family is so important to success and joy, like in family life in general, but especially when you have special needs children. Um, I've been really blessed not only with great family members, but also really great, um, neighbors and, uh, people in my church congregation that have supported us and just, been so helpful and kind and loving. And I know that not everybody gets that. And so, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get me some chips? Okay. I'm going to be done with this podcast. So why don't you go down and rest and I'll be there in just a little bit. I love it. Real life. It is. My husband had to go to work today. So I was just like, yep, I'm on my own here. (laughs) When he comes in, he comes in. (laughs) Yep. Oh my goodness. I totally get that. He's just so sweet. You know, he doesn't. Yeah. And he used to be so excited to say hi to everyone. But now it's, you know, 150 interviews later, he's like, eh. Mom's just talking to someone. I can't hear anything because they're all my headphones are on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of my son. He just, you know, he just does his thing, you know. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I know, no, no, sorry. That could, I don't know. Have a girl told you that. (laughs) So, oh my goodness. You know, I, I don't know a lot about Fragile X. I know that, you know, I know someone, like I told you, and her son, but that doesn't mean you know anything about it when you know somebody that's, you know, celebrates a day or, whatever. Um, tell us more about kind of the, um, medical side of it and what it is, you know, how it affects the body. And then tell us a little bit about how it's affected your family and, and what kind of challenges that the kids have. Yeah. So fragile X is basically, they don't get a certain protein. It's the FMR one protein that helps them to function appropriately. And, um, it's on the X chromosome, which is why it's called fragile X. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I won't get into the genetics of it, but um, there's a lot of different things that they experience. Um, there's physical features that they have, actually. Um, some of them are a pronounced forehead, larger ears, a long face. Mm. Um, and then there's also a lot of behavioral issues, um, especially with boys. Uh, the males tend to be a little bit more affected just because they only have, they have that X and Y chromosomes. And so yes. the only X they have to rely on is the affected X. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Whereas yes. like the girls, they have two X's. And so they at least wow. have one other one to rely on. Wow. I mean, that's incredible information. So educating. Like I'm, yeah. I'm on kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, they, they deal a lot with aggression, which is really hard. I think that's one of the hardest ones for me personally. Um, uh, my, my daughters don't have that aggression as much, but they deal a lot with there's anxiety, major anxiety, um, sometimes even depression. And, you know, even in carriers, which this is different than most, but, um, carriers actually, have some different issues that they deal with as well. Um, anxiety, depression, autoimmune disorders, mm-hmm. and all of those fun things that, you know, they deal with on the side. Wow. So as far as how it affects my family, honestly, it's our whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I know that some people say like, well, you know, fragile X doesn't define you or, you know, but I'm like, I kind of feel like it does. You know? <laughs> and that's it's okay. My whole life. It's your story, right? Yeah. And, and I, I love that you said that because it's not about other people. And those people are just judging. So they're not on the same higher <laughs> yeah. path that you are, my dear. Um, yeah, yeah. They just haven't got, they don't have that compassion and empathy to be able to say, you know, this isn't what you deal with on a daily basis, but mm-hmm. I, I challenge you to learn more, right? You know, yeah. no one ever needs to be like put down or said that this isn't that. Just oh, get yeah. some more education and then come right? back to me and we'll have a better discussion. So important. Yeah, definitely get some more of that understanding yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. We have a quote we say, and that is uh, a little bit of knowledge turns fear into understanding. And, you know, that's same with us. Why I wrote children's books was to help the children in my neighborhood understand the differences and the um, unique qualities that my children have and how they can better be better peers and support them with that understanding and have compassion for that. Oh, yeah. I think that's so important when people actually understand and know what's going on and how to, you know, approach it. They're just they're not so scared and they they understand and it just changes things. Yeah. So, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So when you guys go out and do family things, um, what kind of ways do you prepare for that as far as like, I know we have to prepare things in our, you know, children and everything. What kind of steps do you take? Um, honestly with my son, Isaac, he is almost 10 years old and we've gotten to a point where we don't go out very often with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's just be honest. (laughs) Yeah. So usually we have a caregiver that comes and is with him and we'll, um, but as far as like when we do go out, we usually have to have him in a wheelchair. We have a wheelchair for him, not because he can't walk. He can, he can walk, but he, he runs away and he gets into danger and he hurts other people. And so um, we use the wheelchair as kind of a safety measure for everybody. And 
you know, we talk about what's happening, like, okay, we are going to do this and then we're going to do this, you know, and you have to kind of tell them what's coming, but it's kind of tricky because sometimes if you tell the kids too early, (laughs) the anxiety starts coming Yes, or they start like asking every five seconds, like, are we going to go? go? Are we going to go? go? (laughs) You know, my daughter just started like crying. I told her to get ready for something, but then we waited for, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. And she couldn't handle it because she's like, no, I'm ready to go now, you know? And so it's, it's kind of this, this hard balance where you have to be like, okay, you have to tell them, but, but at a certain time, you you know, (laughs) you kind of have to read them and feel it out. Um, trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that picture schedules help a lot with, uh, different people. It helps with my girls, not so much with my son. So they're, you know, they're all just different. It's funny because, even though they have the same diagnosis or even others like that have autism, like they're all really different, different. you know, there's similarities, but just like all kids, they have their differences and their individuals. And so, but yeah, it it takes some, (laughs) sometimes it takes mental preparation on my part just to be like, okay, this is like, we're going to do this and it might be kind of hard and people are going to stare at us, but you know, it's okay. And, yeah, you know, just kind of mentally prepare for what might be happening and, and realize that, okay, they're probably going to do this, but I'm going to choose not to get angry and I'm going to be calm and don't engage, you know, just <laughs> things like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I completely agree. My mind just had like four things that I wanted to say and it melted all into one. So now I, my mind is, is muddled, but, um, it, yeah, going in public has always, it has been a little bit more difficult for us too. Oh, that's where I was going. Yay. I remembered my thoughts. Um, <laughs> when I, when my husband got his autism diagnosis, I was really excited that I could look at him and say, okay, now I'm going to do pick all of these things apart that I see that are, I know are his like accommodations that I make for him. Uh-huh. And I'm going to, I'm going to look at my son and oh my gosh, when I layer them up, it's like, there's so many of the same types of needs. Really? Their wow. sleep schedule is wacko and bless their hearts. They're just, they, they sleep on like five or six hours and then they'll stay awake for, you know, however 16 and then they'll sleep for another five or six. And so it's never the same time of day or night for my son. And my husband obviously has to regulate his because he's an adult and he has to go to work and those types of things. But on the days that he doesn't, he'll sleep at all hours of different times of the day and things. And it's been mm-hmm. something I've never, we, it's been 18 years. So it's long enough that I've accepted all of it. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't argue or I would never, but I, you know, it's whatever. It's his own kind of things. But when I start to look at the differences um, between, especially like our daughter and son or, but they, then I look at the their dad again. And I'm like, Oh, but she has these diff, you know, these kinds of things that match up with dad in all of these other ways. And okay, well now I can see where like, he is a little bit, um, antisocial and really doesn't like to engage in social activities with other people, unless he's known them for a really long time. He doesn't want to meet somebody. He doesn't want to talk to somebody. And and it's funny because here I am, I'm like, Oh, hi everyone. You know, <laughs> and we're just yeah. opposite as can be. 
but my daughter's a lot like him. And so when you're uh, raising a child and you're raising a girl, the social norm, oh, say hi to everyone. Say thank you for everything. Be a good girl, blah, blah, blah. Well, with her, it was like, uh, -uh. people would say, oh, you're so pretty. I told you she was really cute, you know, and people would say, oh, you're so pretty. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like (laughs) this, how can she say, but bless her heart. Like that confidence is just there. Like there's nothing for her. It's literal. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's the truth. It's the literal truth. Like why are you telling me something I already know? Right. Or something. It's it's this funny, but when I found out exactly when I found out I was on the spectrum, I was then able to be like, oh my gosh, mind blown again. And how, look at my children. What are the things that I struggled with? What are the things that were my, you know, now that I'm, you know, 45 and I find out (laughs) (laughs) what happened in my childhood that maybe they could have recognized were signs of autism at the time, but they Mm -hmm. didn't have that knowledge or the society didn't as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, especially in girls. And so it's so interesting. It gives me this greater sense of patience and greater, um, like almost experience to say, okay, I know that these, the sounds of this, the sounds of that, like really, really hurt my ears and bother me. And so when my son has these reactions, like I can be so compassionate about that and not like, Oh, you know, judge the environment or whatever it is. Like Uh, I can just be completely understanding of those things. What about for you as finding out that you're the carrier, how Um, do you see that and look at your children and kind of overlap that information? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally agree as a carrier, I deal with things with like anxiety and different sensory issues as well. And so I feel like my compassion and understanding for my children is, um, is greater and I'm able to help them better. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, Cause my husband doesn't deal with, you know, those same things. And so it's harder for him to understand in that particular area. And, and, you know, so then I can kind of step in and say, okay, well, I understand what they're going through and I know why this is bothering them. Yeah. So let's, you know, and then I can kind of talk them through it or, or help them through it in any way. And yeah, it's, it really is, it's a curse and a blessing really, you know, um, yeah. Uh, to have these issues, but then you, you understand your kids more. And so, yeah, yeah, it's a blessing. Absolutely. And when you figure out ways as an adult, because you have a lot more resources to, as Mm -hmm. an adult, to be able to, um, self strategize ways to get over, get through, you know, anxiety and, and things, um, uh, after the show, I'll have to tell you my getting over anxiety stories so that you can hear this interesting way that I, and I'll have to share it again on another, another. (laughs) like, what is it? What's this? (laughs) Um, but yeah, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to make them all wait. Um, but no, it's, (laughs) it's so important though, but as we gain these kinds of skills and then we can model that behavior, then we can help our kids learn how to manage those types of, of social, you know, things. And, oh man, when we are about to get ready to leave the same thing, can't say it too early, can't say it too soon. Do you guys have, um, any like 
safety IDs or things like that, that you use to help you in the community? Actually, no, because um, my, so my son who would need it the most, he will not keep anything on. He doesn't keep his shoes on. He doesn't keep any. So like, we haven't really found anything to help with that, but I've always wanted to, I've looked into different things and I think those um, are actually really great you know, when they can put it on their shoe or on their wrist or, you know, whatever it may be to help because my son has been lost before, you know, they've gone on school field trips and I get a call, Hey, he's run away. And I'm thinking, and you know, different things like that. So I think it is really important to have, um, I just have to figure out a way to do it for my son. (laughs) I have great, I have great ideas for you. Don't worry. Have great resources and great ideas. So I'll share those with you for sure. Absolutely. Um, wearable QR scan codes that they can be sewn onto like, anything onto a shoe, but like you said, sometimes you take a shoe off, Um, but there's also, um, just these, uh, I'm just going to send you one when I have another one, I make these vehicle autism safety kits that have, and of course you don't have to use them just for autism. They can be inner, you know, for everyone. But the thing that ties it together is just like an alert sticker that goes on the car that says there's a personal profile inside the vehicle with this individual's like needs. And oh, so wow. then there's this personal profile in the vehicle and you can just, I'm trying to see if I have one, like right here in front of me, I have the little sticker. Oh, cool. And this one says an autistic individual lives here. And you can also put them like on your front door so that if emergency responders ever come, they know, really okay, good. there's somebody that I need to help here with support. Um, and then the profile, of course, shows them, you know, all of the the needs, the de-escalation, the triggers and all of those things. That's that you excellent. Yeah. Wow, so I want to share that with you for sure. So you guys can have those yeah. for your family. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Um, in my book, I touch a little bit about that and safety. So yeah, I'm glad to hear more of that because, you know, like with police and different things, like it's important that they know that your kids have these different um, disabilities yeah. or issues of different kinds. So they know how to exactly. handle it. What so city it do you live in? Uh, I live in Springville. Okay. And I'm in West Valley and we just trained oh, our okay. um, police department at the beginning of October. It oh, was excellent. so much fun be- to be a part of it. It was so much awesome. fun to see how much they wanted to learn and how um, the information they, the uh, Utah Autism Council brought amazing information. And oh. it was just fun to join them on that experience. And, you know, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Kudos I, to you. And- I pass yeah. out my stickers and all of the things and just said, yeah. if you see these on cars, now you know that they're, you know, so. Yeah. And I think that police officers, I think they get a bad rap oftentimes in the media. There's, you know, and there's the good and the bad, but most of them, I think they're just there to help. Like I've had so many experiences. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I just shared an experience with people about, I couldn't get my son into the school the other day um, because he wouldn't get in his chair. Like, cause going from the car to the wheelchair to the school, you know, it's, it's difficult. And usually he rides the bus, but, um, so I actually had to have a police officer come and help me to get him in his chair and get, you know, and he was just like, he was so nice and so kind. And, um, 
you know, I that. really appreciated it. Cause he, you know, Isaac probably wouldn't have gone to school. Cause I, you know, I'm not that strong. <laughs> I did. Oh, so, bless your heart. Yes. Yeah, so it's just, I, I really appreciate those in the community willing to help. Yeah. So Absolutely. I think that's awesome that you did that. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about your book. Tell us about the book, the title and all the good stuff. Okay. So it's called Family, Faith, and Fragile X, um, the raw story of a mother with three special needs children. And um, I purposely put raw in the title because it's very real. Um, I Some of the feedback that I've received is that it's hard, you know, like people cry when they, when they read it because there's really hard things that, um, that I've gone through and the other special needs moms have gone through that are, that some people would just never imagine. And, you know, that's part of why I wrote the book is because when I would tell people what my day-to-day life was like, they were just, you know, so surprised, like you live that every day. And I'm like, yeah, that's my normal, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so but in my book, I've um, talked. I have a bunch of different topics. Um, what it's like to be a carrier and all of that. What it's like to get diagnoses and and going through the you know the grief cycle. Or, and um, I don't know. I talk about simple things too, like brushing their teeth, doing their hair. You know, like how hard it is for like just those little things. Um, but one thing I've been surprised because I, m- my audience I was looking at when I wrote the book was, you know, other mothers like me, yeah. other carriers, but it has actually reached so many other people and people that don't even have special needs kids wow. because a lot of the topics that I touch on are, you know, about keeping your marriage strong. And, um, you know, like I, I talk about all different things that people really connect with. And I've had other mothers that have said, you know, every mother should read this because, you know, although my life may be a little bit more extreme than others, they can relate to it. And I've really just enjoyed hearing other people's views of the book and how it's helped them and, and changed their lives, you know, like that's, that's why I wrote it to to help other people. And the fact that it's helping even more than um, just my little audience that I had in mind is just, it's been amazing, really. Absolutely. I agree. And that's like why I started this podcast too, is realizing the value in being able to reach so many people and talk about so many different topics that are special and need to be talked about more to be, um, what is normalized, you know, normalized in, in society, um, Mm -hmm. compassion needs to be normalized. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yes. All of the things. And like you had said, you know, some of the biggest lessons you had learned, not judging people and really having kindness and compassion. And it certainly shows in the way you speak about your family, the way you, handle yourself and the way you share your story and that vulnerability. So thank you so, so much. I'm just, I'm honored to, you know, we got to, to create that kind of in, in yeah. a sense. And it's been so fun talking to you and yeah, story as well. Oh, we'll definitely have to get back together and, and do it oh, again. Yeah. I hope that that would Next. be the case. <laughs> do, let's do. Well, thank yeah. you so, so much for being on the show today. And um, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch.
Thank you.